is the last week for our Rooted series, and before we get into the lesson today, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Impact class. Welcome home. We've gotten to visit you and to come see you, but uh, I think today's the first day you've been back in this room, and uh, that blesses our hearts. It's good. I'm glad you're here. We're really glad you're here. And I want to say good morning and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, too. Uh, Joe told me this morning that, um, you know, holidays ranked in significance that Christmas was number one, Mother's Day was number two, and Father's Day was number 23, (laughs) right after Arbor Day. So um, there's trees, and then there's you guys. So um, happy Father's Day. Glad you're here. I'm going to put some slides up, and what I want you to do is if you recognize the fruit I'm going to put up, because we're going to talk about fruit today. When you recognize that fruit, I just want you to shout it out, okay? Just shout out the name of that. Are you ready? We're just going to do it. We're just going to keep it going. Ready? Let's go. First. Blue Java banana. Right. Somebody got that. Okay. Passion fruit. Passion fruit. Very close. Hold that thought. <laughs> Rambutan. Jackfruit, the largest fruit we have, okay? Durian. And now, Kyla, <laughs> you're so close. Red dragon, yeah, we're going to call it dragon fruit just for your effort. Okay, these are lots of different kind of fruits, you know, and some of these, I've, I've had almost all of these, and if you've traveled, you, you are more familiar with some things than you are others, and some you've never heard of, and you think, I've never had that. I don't even want to have that. I don't want to look at that. It doesn't look appetizing, and then sometimes you find out something's very delicious. The point is this. Some of these fruits you recognize that God's created, and some you haven't, but they're out there. And there's so many more. There's such a variety. Listen, God wants to bear fruit through you, and sometimes that fruit is going to look pretty, uh, pretty common. You know, It's going to be familiar to you. But sometimes God wants to work in your particular life your personality to do maybe some things that are kind of different and to bless people in a fruitfulness in in a way that that maybe no one else could bring that to the table little dad joke there okay okay these fruits all these fruits that they're the result of careful work of of planting and growing, and pruning, and harvesting, and that's what we've been talking about for the last several months, we, uh, weeks rather. Uh, we have tried to grow things in our yard, and some things are successful, some aren't. One of the things we really wanted to do was to grow blueberries, uh, and the deer kept coming into the yard and, and eating them, you know, and we were just feeding 
the rabbits and the deers and, and the birds. And uh, we had three fig trees, and we try to guard those. I put toy snakes in them, and I put nets, everything we can, because... They wait until they're ripe, and they're like, thank you for breakfast, and they just dive right in and eat those. So there's some obstacles sometimes to getting to the harvest, but that's what God wants to do in your life. And some of you have had so many obstacles, so many difficult things that have come across you know, in, in your life, and you think, well, you know what? I'm just going to kind of give up on the harvest part. I just want to get through. Please don't give up. Please don't do that. Wherever you are in your journey, whatever's happened in your life, whatever is going on right now, God wants to produce a harvest in you. He does, in you. And it's not too late. I think it's just the right time. It's just the right time. My dad taught me a lot of great things. I owe so much to him. And I realize that more and more. He's been gone 28 years. Uh, one, One of the things that I'd never got to do, three times, um, my baptism, my ordination, and uh, his dad's funeral were the only three times that I was ever in a room like this, inside of a church with him that I can remember. And I miss that. And, and I, I appreciate and love you, Dad, so much. Uh, th- those of you particularly who really trying to... to raise your family. And I know you mess up. I know you make a boatload of mistakes. I make mistakes. I have made so many mistakes, but it counts. And it's just such an influence, such a powerful thing. The fruit that you bear in the lives of your wives and your children, when you just suit up and show up, when they see you pray, when, when they know that you're seeking the Lord uh, when they see you with an open Bible, and you don't have to be all showy about it or, you know, uh, d- do that purposely, but just as you live your life, then it's okay if you make some mistakes. It's all right if you say some things and do some things. You think, man, I, I kind of wish that hadn't happened. You know what? God's going to cover that. His grace is going to cover that, and you can't even see yet the fruit that your life is going to bear. So today, we're going to talk about uh, this fruit, and we're going to talk about the harvest and what comes after everything we've talked about, the planting, the cultivating the soil, the pruning, everything uh, that, that we've looked at uh, to get to the place where we see actual fruit uh, being born in our lives. And this is not just for dads, this is for all of us, no matter what your age, no matter where you are. Let's read this text in Matthew chapter 9 that talks about this. In verse 35, it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The big idea about this message today is that God, who is a master gardener, has this ultimate goal to produce a great harvest in and through every person. In and through every person. And that means you. 
God wants to work in your life so that you can be part of a spiritual harvest. And it's going to have an eternal impact. You don't know. You don't know uh, the, the differences uh, that you'll make in another life. God wants to develop these spiritual gifts in you that will cause you to look more and more like Jesus without even maybe being aware of it or conscious of it, like that's your, you know, that's your goal. It just, it just happens like that. And it's those very developments that give you a purpose bigger than yourself. This happened early on in my Christian experience. I was a college student, and when I could see my, and, and think of the fact that I am partnering with God for these blessings in other people's lives and, to, and part of this effort in this redeeming of the world. I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that. just felt so honoring, especially after my life. And I think, God, I don't know what you can harvest from me. I don't know what you can do with a guy like me. And God says, you're not the important thing. You're not the important person in this equation. I am. So today, I hope you'll begin to be open to the idea of exercising the spiritual gifts that you have, that are already in you. They're there. Now, you may not recognize them. You may not feel like that because they could be dormant, just like a seed. It could just be there waiting uh, to, be de- to be developed like that. So uh, maybe by the end of our time together today, you'll feel a little more encouraged. Like, you know, I just I want to be a part of ministering to the world. I want to do whatever God leads me to do and not sit on the sidelines and just watch and just to observe just to come to church on a Sunday morning and just sort of be passive or, or to not even come and just to let life sort of roll by you. God says, no, I don't want you to be an observer. I don't want you to be a spectator. I want you in. I want you in the game, in the game. Now, each week, I've led you in a prayer, and I've always prefaced that by saying, I get it about written prayers, but sometimes you feel like, yeah, I don't know. That's like somebody else wrote that, and it's not my heart. That's all right, because sometimes we don't know what to say in the moment. Uh, so I understand that if you want to pray in your own words, that's absolutely the best way. That's really the only way. It just has to come out of your heart. But I've written this, and if it is your heart, you under, there's, there's no coercion here. There's no pressure whatsoever. Uh, you do not have to pray this. In fact, I'd prefer you didn't if it doesn't reflect what's going on in your heart, and if you can't do it honestly, it's just probably better just think, I'll just sit here, sit here quietly and wait for him to stop so we can get lunch and then go watch some baseball, okay? But I want to say this prayer, and we're going to put it up here for you. If you would like to pray it with me, then please do. Lord, please work in me and through me to make a difference in the world. I believe you have placed seeds inside me to grow into a beautiful harvest in my life. I surrender to you. Enable me to exchange my old self-life for your new life. Use me to further your kingdom on earth.
through your grace and by faith. I ask this in Jesus' name. Okay, let's take a look at the reality of this harvest fruit. And those of you who've ever grown anything, you know how you've uh, you know, been excited about, you know, and you watch and you see that grow. Uh, for my birthday, I was given some pepper plants and, and some, different, some tomato plants and different things. And, and I, I just, I like seeing that develop. I like seeing that grow. And the first thing I want you to really get and to know is that it's inside you. It's inside of you. It's there. It's there. Galatians is one of my favorite books. And here's what, in the fifth chapter in the 22nd verse, it says this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Now, a follower of Jesus is given the Spirit of God to dwell inside him her. And just like when I showed you these pictures of these fruits, you could just shout those out. People should just be able to cruise into your life and go, oh, goodness. Oh, self-control. Oh, patience. Oh, you show joy. Oh, you show love. These fruits should just begin to be recognizable in us. The Spirit produces a harvest. It's the Spirit who produces that. It's not us. It's not in our efforts. And these fruits are present in the life of every believer. You know, we've got lots of things planted in our landscape, and I never go out there and I never listen to the daylilies or I never listen to the zinnias or any of them going, I'm trying to grow. I've got to do this. I've got to do this today. No, they're just chill. They're just growing. You see, all these other things, you don't have to do as much effort as you maybe think you are. And the reason you're hesitant to get involved in the harvest and in ministries, you think, this is going to be so hard. And it's going to, I'm going to have to do it. No, you're not. God's just going to grow these up because it's already there. It's, it's already in you. Now, living in the Spirit does take courage. There, there is some wisdom that will be developed. There's some discernment. There's, there's a real intentional, purposeful kind of attitude about it. It doesn't just sort of happen. You're a part of that. And it takes energy. I saw a lot of energy this past week with Vacation Bible School. And it was so good to hear children in the building again. I mean, it has been so quiet around here for about a year and a half. You know, it's just been quiet. And to hear uh, laughter and singing and voices and shouts and just movement, what a blessing. And God wants to move in us, and, and he wants to create this energy uh, in you. But sometimes he has to do some pruning. We talked about that last week, uh, that, that that happens so that healthy growth uh, can occur, can be there in your spirit. My mom used to say, and it's, it's a cliche you've probably heard and you've probably said, we reap what we sow. And that's really true. That is such a true thing, whether that's positive or negative, whether it's a good or bad thing, we reap what we sow. Further on in Galatians, there's this key passage, and it's talking about uh, harvest. It pertains to that. And here's what it says in the sixth chapter, in the eighth verse. It says, Whosoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, if a farmer uh, or a gardener, you know, plants apple trees, you're going to get apples, you know. You're going to receive apples from that. If you plant strawberries, you're going to receive strawberries from that. That just makes sense. In the physical world, we get that. Whatever you plant, that's what's going to come up. You know, there's so many different kind of varieties of tomatoes now. You know, there's just like, I think, well, what is the difference between this one and this one? And, oh, this one's got this or this. And but whatever you plant, that's what's going to come up. Folks, if you sow evil sin in, in your life and into the lives of the people around you, you're going to re- reap the same thing. I don't want you to be surprised and think, wow, you know, I did this. I thought something good would come from it. It's not. It's just not. It's not. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way any more in the spiritual world than it does in, in the physical world around us. If you want to receive the things of God, the good, the sweet things of God, these beautiful, blessed things of God in our life, then you have to sow in your spirit and out of your spirit. And then the good news is, is all these beautiful things are going to grow up in and through and come out of your life. Now, weariness sets in when we try to do things in our own power or our own flesh. You know, when I talk about sin, and I think most of I could say, what about this? Yeah, that's sinful. Sometimes we replace the very best things of God with just good things, just ordinary things. God says, wow, I really want to produce something more and something beautiful and deeper from that. I want to give you fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. Now, it's not really hard to distinguish between fresh fruit and rotten fruit. Right? I mean, you can kind of see that. When you're in the grocery store, you're looking for the very freshest, you know, melon or whatever it is you're trying to find. You want the very freshest. Here's what Jesus says about that. He says in Matthew 7, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear uh, bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. The point here is that is that people are going to recognize and respond to the fruit of your, of your life. You're creating, you're producing uh, this fruit. And fresh fruit is delicious. You know, it's inviting. You love it. I, I like watermelon, and it's a season for that. And we have it just about every day. It's one of the most unusual, you know, kind of a fruits. I think, ah, oh, the texture, the taste, everything about it. I think, wow, this is a really different kind of fruit. I just, I just love that. But when it's spoiled, you know, and it's been there too long, it gets all mushy and all that. You think, ah, this isn't so good. Because nobody wants spoiled fruit. Rotten fruit, it's just not that hard to recognize. Whether it's a, a peach or a pear or whatever, you know, you can see that. And the same is true about the fruit in the life of a believer. It's not something that's invisible or that you can cover up or that you, you probably for a while you can be deceptive and you can play the game. And you can just kind of think, I don't think anybody knows. I think everybody thinks I'm, I've got some good fruit going on. 
eventually that's just that's going to come out that's going to be seen so the key the secret is to live in his power to live in his power salvation is a process that begins with a profession of faith but it doesn't stop there I mentioned to, to Keith, our, our tech guy back here this morning, you know, I said, I was raised in a culture, and I'm not sure if it was a generational thing or if it's just a thing. I don't think it's a Southern thing. I think it's just a Christian thing that we want, you know, people so badly to pray that prayer of salvation, and we kind of lead people up to that point, and then it's sort of a drop-off after that, and we think that's it. Well, I'm a Christian because when I was eight, I prayed that prayer. When I was 12, I got baptized. When I was this, when I was that. And we go back to this moment in history, and then we look at all this fruit from that point forward, and we think, well, none of that matters because I prayed the prayer. And I get that. I understand that there has to be some, some way, some moment of initiation. You know, there has to be this, like this crisis place of faith where I think, okay, I am making a decision, and I'm doing this very purposefully. I want to follow Jesus. I believe in the atonement. I believe in the cross. I believe in Jesus. I know he's the son of God. I want to live in him. I don't want to live in my old life. And then I go forward from there. But it's not just that moment. It's something that continues on and on. And the good news is that the, the fruit is not really accomplished in my own power. And I had that mixed up for a long time. I thought, okay, now I've given my heart to Christ. I've got to dig in. I've really got to try hard. I've got to work at this. I've got, to, I've got to do, you know, all these things to kind of prove out my Christianity or to live for Christ. And the whole time he's trying to say, no, no, Dan, you're getting it all wrong. We've been trying that for a long time. Just let me live through you. Just, just surrender. I'm not, I'm not saving you so you can get to work. I'm saving you from that. So that I can work in you and through you and, and just be everything you've ever dreamed of. The power we're given by God is this fuel where we can act and we can live out of the abundance of who he is. God plants the seed by his power through our acceptance. And then he grows it by his power. And by our cooperation. But it's him. He's the farmer. And then he brings about this harvest. You don't have to worry. You don't have to keep score. You don't have to look at, you know, uh, how many people did I do this? And how many people, you know. When I was in seminary, one of the requirements for going to this particular seminary, it was, it was a conservative seminary, and I, I, I'm so glad I have this in my background, but you had to share Christ twice a week and then you had to report on that. I know some of you thinking, "Oh, that sounds really legalistic." I get. I kind of think you're right. I think it was to just to say, "Here's how many you, you do." But you know, to get there. Now we didn't have class on Monday. We had class on Tuesday. And I can tell you, there are times on Tuesday when I hadn't shared the gospel with two people. So I'm stopping at a Target or a Walmart on the way to school. And I'm hunting people, and that guy looks lost. Yeah, he's lost. Yeah, I'm going to... 
And you know how awkward and weird it was for me to go, hey, what's up? You know, how you doing? Yeah, listen, you know, uh, and, and start this conversation with a total stranger just to meet this, this kind of requirement for school. Now, I, I understand what Dr. Allison, the president, was trying to do. He really wanted us to get involved in evangelism. And he knew that if we began to share our faith, it would become a part of our lifestyle. And after being there for three years, it's kind of incorporated into who you are. I understand that part. But it also created kind of this borderline shame because you think, wow, I've shared you know, the gospel with, with all these people and only this many of them ever really accepted Christ. Or some of them would pray this prayer because I sort of you know, work the conversation to do that. And so I'm looking at this harvest, and so much of it was just a result of my flesh. Me working. Listen, you can just relax. You can do these things, and God's going to produce this in you. It's going to feel a lot more natural. I don't think any you know, plant that produces, say, strawberries or oranges, never says to itself, I just feel so weird producing these oranges. I know I'm an orange tree, and I know the soil's good. I'm getting a lot of sun and water and everything. But oranges, really? I don't know. It just feels so natural, I guess. I've never really talked to an orange tree. There was that one time. But uh, you get what I'm saying. You're not going to have to feel that that, that sense of, ah, and the, the enemy will attack you at that place. And the enemy will try to make you think, well, you're really not doing much. Just be you. Just be who God's created you to be and let Christ flow in and through your life. He will produce uh, the harvest. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's all around you. The opportunities for good and the opportunities for evil are all around us. You don't have to leave your house. You figured that out during the pandemic, right? The Gospel of Matthew describes this dilemma like this. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had this compassion and this compassion is, is an unusual word. It rarely shows up in Greek literature or in the New Testament, but it means from way down deep inside that he felt this out of his heart. He felt this, this, this deep, this deep empathy with them. And he says they're harassed, they're persecuted, going through all these things, and they don't have any resources. He says they're helpless. And he uses this word picture. He says they're just like sheep when a sheep doesn't have a shepherd. He says, but then he turns to his disciples, and he, he just specifically speaks to them. He's like, guys, the harvest is so full. There's so much out there to, to be harvested, but there's so few workers. A lot of this is going to drop off. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. When I was a boy, there was a field next to my house, and there's a fence that separated my house from Mr. Pendleton's house. He had a white house with a big porch, and he had these two beautiful pear trees, and they would produce so many pears, and they would just fall to the ground, and they would just rot. So my friend Freddie and I would, would hop over that fence, and we would fill our t-shirt with those pears, and then we would climb back over that. 
And Mr. Pendleton would come out on the porch and he would just yell, you boys leave my pears alone, get out of my pears, you know. And, and we, would, we thought he can never make it across that field before we can get over this fence. I mean, he knew who we were. We lived next door, you know. Uh, but we would do that and we'd eat those pears. I'm not even that crazy about pears, but we just, it was kind of the excitement of it. But it was also, this, it was just ludicrous to us. But they're just rotten. You're not, you can't. You live here by yourself. There's no way you can eat all these pears. One day he came out on the porch with a shotgun. And he said, I'm going to shoot you boys. And I thought, today, can you imagine that happening to, today? It would be all over the news. But it scared the life out of us. I mean, we thought pears aren't worth getting shot, you know, by a shotgun by Mr. Pendleton. But I just thought how selfish that was. And I think, and guys, I don't mean to set you up. But it's selfish of us. If God has planted all these things within us and he's growing these things out of our life just to keep that shut down. You know, just to keep that. And think, I'm not going to release Jesus into anybody else's life. I don't want to see fruit go anywhere except just for me. Everybody wants the delicious fruit. At the time of harvest, it's ready. But so few are willing to do anything or what's necessary along the way. Folks, all of us have a role to play. I know I'm a pastor, and I know I'm up here, and I think, well, that's, isn't that kind of your job? No, not really. My job is equipping. It's all of our job to share that. All of us have this, this empowering by the Spirit. I don't have anything secret or special because I was ordained in some mysterious way. This was imparted to me. Guys, this is for all of us. This is for all of us. And all throughout this series, we've talked about these realities of what it means to follow Jesus. So let me ask you some questions, and we'll, we'll land here. Where have you seen, in, in this series, where have you seen yourself? Where, where are you described? Have you just recently been planted you think, well, this is all so new to me. And I remember the first time coming to church and just watching everybody and sort of mimicking what was going on because it was all so weird and unusual to me. And I thought, why are they standing up? Why are they sitting down? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing And I just remember whispering to people and going, what's that about? And now what's he talking about? You know, and just the whole thing. So is it new to you? Or are you currently, maybe you're in a season of growth. Maybe you're at a healthy place. You think, Dan, the soil's good. The seed's good. I'm getting the nourishment I need. Then, then God bless you. You know, are you in a, a season of pruning? Some of you may be in a time where you're asking God questions like, God, why are you allowing this? Or why? I think you're even doing this. I think you're behind it. Why in the world would you let me hurt? Why would you let me have one day of sadness or being uncomfortable? Maybe you're in a season of pruning. Are you experiencing the richness of harvest right now? Are you being able to see God produce fruit in your life and the lives of the people around you? Maybe in your neighborhood or where you work or with your family. I don't know. All of these seasons, all of that has a place in our life. All of that's just real and natural. It's a process. It's a process and it's very real, but it has an eternal destination. There's a, there's a purpose. So I'm going to invite you to 
just have, have a moment, have a time where you can just respond to however the, the Spirit's speaking to you. Wherever you've come, up to this place, up to this point, and you can kind of reflect on that and think, God, I understand now that you've been pruning me. Or, God, I understand that my soul has been rocky and hard and resistant to you. I haven't been soft. I haven't been tender. I've kind of wanted to do my own thing. Or, Lord, I realize I've produced very little. I've, I've allowed you to flow through me in such limited ways that there's, there's not a lot of fruit, not a lot of fruit in my life. Where do you need to allow him to direct you? you know, what's your next move? What's your next move? Are you ready to step into fields of harvest? Are you ready to commit yourself? Say, God, I just, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper with Jesus. Wherever, wherever you find yourself, please know God sees you. He sees you. He didn't come to bring condemnation. He didn't come to, he knows the journey. He knows the trials. He knows the heartbreak and the wounds that you have. By his grace and through his empowering, you, you can have a life of abundant fruit where you see this harvest of 10 or 20 or 100 fold from what you've planted. A good return, a good return. That's what I pray for you. That's what I pray for you. Let's stand. Let's worship once more. Thank you.